This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning and welcome to Resource Center, your one stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. I'm Roshan Kandesan. In 2023, the public relations industry witnessed a transformative shift with the rise of generative AI, as illustrated by the ripple effects of OpenAI's ChatGPT and its many, many use cases. In addition, sustainability and ESG continue to be key focuses and narratives in the business world. Due to international sustainability requirements and compliance coming into play. This emphasis has also resulted in a significant re-evaluation of communication engaged and engagement approaches. Today, we speak with NDC. He's the founder and managing director of Perspective Strategies and the president of the Public Relations Global Network. And we're going to be reflecting on the fast-shifting year of 2023 in the world of PR and peer into the crystal ball of 2024 and look at forecasts and trends that will shape the landscape of public relations in this year. If you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp us on our U-Mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Or you can reach us on X at BFM Radio. Uh, once again, our U-Mobile number is 018-789-8899 if you'd like to send us a WhatsApp. Uh, Andy, good to see you and welcome to the studio. Thanks, Roshan. Thanks for having me. Um, any any key resolutions to kick off the year 2024? Well, like most people, we all want to lose weight, be healthier. <laughs> I think, uh, but it's great to be here. This is the first day of work to be on this show. Now, PR has, uh, I, I think most industries saw a big change last year. Generative AI has shaken up the landscape a little bit. Uh, but giving us a little bit of a bigger picture view, talk to us a little bit about the key trends that shaped the public relations industry uh, in Malaysia or even globally in 2023. I think in 2023, what we've seen is obviously uh, we're just seeing you know generative ai coming into play I, I think this will definitely spill over to 2024 where we will see uh people uh, getting into it you know really tap in the full potential of generative ai i think we've only see what it's going to be sort of a, a teaser of what's going to happen uh, in that area uh, that's going to really change the pr business and how even for example agencies need to rethink or reimagine their business you know traditionally pr business has always been has always been about man hours for agencies. But how do you look at man hours mm. when, you know, generative AI comes into play? You know, speeches can be turned around in a much faster speed as compared to how we do it traditionally. So that's that's going to require agency owners to rethink. Now, on, on the other aspect of it, even in-house PR professionals. So that that, that that's going to really need them to, to add more value to the work that they do. So I think that's one area. You, you mentioned all the key trends. Second would be on the areas of sustainability and ESG. I think the area of transparency and communication about sustainability and ESG, we've seen that coming into play in 2023. That's going to you know, spill over to 2024. And that's really a, a key thing that we've seen, especially here in Malaysia, where more and more corporates are getting into it and... and, and pushing you know, how uh, sustainability and ESG becomes a core component of our communication. Uh, another area I would like to highlight, I think what we've seen also in 2023, which I've mentioned actually in 2022 in some of my discussions with my industry peers and, and clients, it's what I would call PR 4.0. Mm. Uh, I.e. what I mean from that is that basically from information broadcasting, what we've seen in 2023 coming into realisation is how do people co-create stories? And that's really the key trend that we've seen in 2023. I think in a way what we've seen is purpose has become the new product. Green huh. is becoming the next digital and sustainability is the new profit. Bots talk about sustainability, not just profits. 
And you're seeing this actively with your clients? We are seeing that uh, there's a lot more discussion at a global level. We especially, you know, when you talk about sustainability and ESG in Europe, it's already part of the regulation and part of doing business. I think in in Malaysia, we are seeing more and more large corporations at board level is giving a lot of attention to the areas of sustainability and ESG board papers, board conversations, is not just the typical PL. Now they talk about how sustainable how sustainable our business is. What I see that spill over to 2024, it's, for example, sustainability and ESG, how it will Im- impact, for example, our SMEs. Because we are an export or trading nation, mm. most of our SMEs export their products and services to Europe, for example. There's a lot of regulations, ch- regulatory changes part of the supply chain of yeah. ESG compliance. And that will impact our, our SMEs as well. So One I think those. that will f- spill over to 2024. Yeah, I think there's a carbon border adjustment tax mechanism as well. That's going to impact the, impact the supply chain. If you're part of the European supply chain, you're going to have to keep note of that. The other thing, of course, we can't ignore, and we touched on that a little bit earlier, Jenny. I, you gave us a little bit of a preview in terms of what that... But talk to us a little bit as a practitioner in the space and part of a global network. How has that changed the way PR agencies and in-house... Uh, uh, operate, right? Because you gave us a little bit of a highlight mm, of that mm. earlier. Yeah, so I think one area that got all many PR agency owners thinking or, or is, for example, the impact of generative AI into how we actually even charge our clients. Mm-hmm. Man hours will, you know, at this point in time, yes, it's still very applicable. But moving forward, you know, uh, it's it's going to be difficult to operate purely on man-hour basis because generative AI, in a way, speeds up that process tremendously. <laughs> then that begs the question, it's about value adding. Yeah. You know, you would probably be able to give uh, more advisory services, which may not be very man-hour based, but it's based on the value that you add to the business. And that requires us to reimagine, for example, how to even bill clients. Likewise, for in-house com- communications professionals, they would also need to justify to their management how, you know, it's not going to be time-based. It's not about nine to five delivery. It's about how we're going to add value to the business in entire, you know, in, in, in the whole ecosystem. So in a way, uh, what we've seen in 2023, and it's really at a tipping point, it's, a, it's really at a great opportunity for communications professionals where sustainability and ESG communication now becomes a very important component of doing business. And that's where I think it's a real uh, great opportunity for communications professionals to showcase their value in 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 this uh, strategic exercise. Yeah, and I don't think that's only uh, down to the PR industry. I think anyone who's in a time-based consultancies, agencies, uh, that time-based billing is going to be something that's going yeah. to come under pressure. And hopefully that value add or that output-based mechanism uh, will see more of that this year in that sense. But Barusha, uh, maybe yeah. on 2023, just one more point yeah, to add, please. I think, which I think is really uh, a big tr- big issue or whatever, I think is the geopolitical challenges that we've all faced. <laughs> I think yeah. the geopolitical challenges have really made communication professionals really need to rethink. For example, if you are working on a global scale, there are a lot of global narratives that we want to sync to ensure that that nar- narrative is consistent throughout. But we also realise as much as the digital ha- digital landscape has made the world smaller, it has also brought us more complexity. Uh, I think the geopolitical ch- challenges that we are facing right now, where we have you know a lot of conflicts around the world, there's a lot of different beliefs and 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 syst- I mean uh, 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 values uh, that's being in question. So. Uh, companies that operate globally do have a lot of challenges and actually minefield to actually navigate through. One market may be in favour of this, another market will be a disaster. 
I mean, uh, the a perfect example of that would be the the uh, the conflict in the Middle East, correct? Mm. And so that's the the uh, Palestine-Israel uh, conflict and war that has gotten many different perspectives, right? And, and Malaysia has its own. Now, if you're operating a global business, how do you reflect that? And how do you deal with the boycotts, right? Which brings me to my next question: is essentially in any. Uh, Crisis management is part and parcel, I guess, of the PR profession, the public relations profession. Uh, talk to us about the key, I guess, moments in 2023, whether it was things like, for example, the fall of Silicon Valley Bank and how that ripple effect had many, many people in the financial services industry kind of on their toes, even Credit Suisse falling and being acquired and things like the boycotts. So I think uh, balancing that geopolitical challenge mm. is going to be something that's not just happening in 2023. I think it's going to be uh, even greater in 2024. And that's not going to change. I think this is where uh, it's very important to find that balance uh, to, to see how we can align with global narratives while, on the other hand, take note and realise of the cultural differences that we all have. Being a global brand, uh, we need to also empower our local markets to understand and be able to reflect that in the communication that we do in the individual markets. And that's not going to change. In fact, it becomes even more difficult as years go, goes by. In the past, it's easier to hide because people don't listen to one another in terms of <laughs> you know, what goes out in the media. But today, everything that we, every message that we send out becomes a global uh, viewership or listenership. So that's where the challenges is. So... Being able to understand local cultural and other market nuances would be actually the game changer for a lot of communications professionals. Another area that I think communication professionals need to understand is about greenwashing, for example. A lot of people talk about sustainability and ESG. But if you, there's no real work, over-communication is greenwashing. Mm. And this is where communication professionals need to step in and actually educate uh, senior management no, you, you don't communicate when there's no real work done. So sustainability in ESG is actually about real work done in terms to ensure how sustainable the business is based on the ESG framework, you know, uh, looking at environmental, social and governance issues. You don't go around town telling how great you are. You've not really done real work. And if communications professionals don't do that, you know, process of ensuring that, then we're not value adding to the process. And then basically we are contributing to the area of greenwashing. I like that word over communication. I think it perfectly helps to explain a lot of this because what is that fine line between greenwashing and publicity? And it's talking about things you haven't done or over talking about it essentially. Uh, and I guess a field where this would play is uh, essentially in CSR as well, right? So where how much are you actually doing versus how much are you actually communicating? So talk to us a little bit about you know how uh, how CSR has influenced uh, how CSR influenced PR strategies last year, and whether you have any examples to help the audience kind of you know learn from that as well. I think one important aspect that we all need to realize that CR, CSR is long term, mm -hmm. just like reputation building and relationship building. Um, there is no you know one solution <laughs> and then one 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 thing that makes it all work. Uh, it must be part of that, and that leads us to why the purpose-driven strategy or purpose-driven communication plays a very important role. CSR is not standalone. It has to be in line with uh, purpose. So what you see uh, very clearly is that companies that align their purpose and CSR programs will actually be the ones that are successful because it's about long-term investment. It's about being able to deliver that uh, you know, res social responsibility that's meaningful to your stakeholders. So what you'll see that I think in, in that sense, many Malaysian corporates, especially the larger ones and even some smaller ones, but they don't 
publicize it, do realize that they need to, you know, make sure that they, they, they focus their CSR programs, for example, that's in line with the purpose of the organization. And that's what's going to make uh, the difference. I think another area which I would think in terms of CSR, it, it has also got to be in line with what we're doing in the area of sustainability and ESG. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that will make that it's part and parcel of the whole business process that we're doing. So that will really make a difference uh, when it's aligned to the whole purpose-driven uh, journey that the corporates are going through. I think that's something that we can see very clearly post-COVID, where there are a lot more demand from stakeholders and consumers that organizations align their profitability with their purpose and also you know, uh, measured based on the ESG framework that's out there. Uh, Andy, uh, we've got to go into a few messages when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect in 2024. Today on Resource Centre, we've been talking about the reflecting on 2023 in the world of PR and looking to 2024 in terms of forecasting the trends that will help shape the landscape and what to watch out if you're in the business community, a business owner or a practitioner in the space. Helping me with this conversation has been Andy C. He's the president of the Public Relations Global Network and founder and managing director of Perspective Strategies. Uh, we'll be back in just a bit. I'm Roshan Kynison. This is Resource Centre. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Brewing Frothy Mocha. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. BFM 89.9. I'm Roshan Kanitsen and you're now listening to Resource Centre, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics and tools to better build, scale and manage your business. Uh, today we are reflecting on 2023 in the world of PR and looking ahead to 2024 for trends, forecasts and the outlook for the PR landscape and what to be watching out for. Helping me with this conversation is Andy C, President of the Public Relations Global Network and Founder and Managing Director of Prospective Strategy. Earlier, we were talking about what were some of the key trends in 2023, and no surprise, gender of AI and ChatGPT was one of those key trends that impacted the industry, as well as the continuing march forward of sustainability and ESG. We also talked about overcommunication and the how that links to greenwashing as well as geopolitics and boycotts as another key trend from last year. Speaking of key trends, uh, Andy. Um, Last year, I think the Global ESG Monitor Malaysia report was launched from the Global ESG Monitor organization. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that. So the Global ESG Monitor is a research initiative. We analyzed about uh, 350 companies listed on 10 of the world's uh, largest stock market indices uh, across four continents. I think very interesting to note is that Malaysia actually was somewhere in the middle. Mm. We're the fifth place, even similar to Dow Jones, you'll be, you, be surprised. I think there's a lot of effort being put in by Malaysian companies to do well in this area. But what that research also showed that while we do follow a lot of the global frameworks and all that, what we lack is the details. So we are midpoint, but if we don't start to go into more transparent processes to ensure that we report what are the initiatives that we do on the ESG front? And obviously, you know, we will not fare uh, better or, you know, we will, co- we will not do well in, in the following years in terms of our transparency. But it's a good move in terms of, you know, there's a lot of uh, market 
requirement that we are doing more in terms of reporting on sustainability and ESG based on the ESG framework. Uh, I think that's good uh, that Malaysian companies are taking it seriously. I think that's where, that's where an area where communication professionals can play a lot of role, be it in-house or agencies, to help clients or help corporations to actually walk the talk. You know, besides communicating, you also need to ensure that these uh, ESG uh, commitments are being delivered on. And that's, that's where I think transparency of that whole exercise is very, very important. Because to go back to what you said earlier, yeah. you don't want to end up over-communicating on yeah. something that you don't end up delivering because essentially that becomes greenwashing. Yeah. So what you do is you, you need to report it right now, what we are committed to do, and there must be follow-ups in subsequent <laughs> years that what we are doing and what were the progress. So transparency itself encourages that we communicate authentically rather than saying big plans, big ideas, but there's no commitment to follow through. So ESG transparency is about actually putting action and then when we speak about it there is data to show that there's there's a lot of uh, uh, showcase in terms of the data to show that there's progress so in a way you know people always say communications professionals communicate without data actually ESG is now giving us the data to communicate more authentically and there is proof to show that what we say is actually being done we know what's being done to actually deliver on those promises now Let's look ahead at 2024, some of the out, some of the outlook as well as uh, forecasts and predictions. Uh, what are some of the key trends to be watching out for in the PR industry this year? I would say that, you know, it's given that digital and generative AI, you know, it, it's already it's, it has already arrived. And obviously, we're going to, uh, you know, embrace it fully. It's going to, whether we like it or not, we have to embrace it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going on. So I think where I would say the trends would be that there are a couple of main drivers moving forward. I think one... Uh, it will be how we humanize communication strategies. Hmm. So with AI and digital technologies, the ability to humanize communication is actually the key towards uh, the future. Second, I would think, is how do we leverage on impactful networks? Communication is about relationships, building meaningful relationships, like what I spoke about, PR 4.0, where we want our stakeholders to co-create co -create stories with us then we need to build that relationship with them. And that's where I think the two game changes for 2024 that will really make uh, an impact will be one, how do we humanize our communication strategies and brands and corporations who are able to do that would actually stand out. And secondly, would be how do we leverage impactful networks to you know, engage our stakeholders so that they help co-create content together with us. Obviously, uh, another spillover is how do we put uh, sustainability and ESG communication into, you know, uh, part and parcel of how we're going to do business moving forward. So these are the couple of key trends I see that will be important in 2024 that, you know, even in my, my uh, uh, workings with my PRGN partners around the world, these are the areas that people are seeing that's going to be the key trend in 2024. But of course, you know, the geopolitical challenges, mm. that's all going to continue to happen. And the ability to navigate that even in 2024 would be very, very important. Uh, you yourself, you're a pr practitioner in the space. Uh, maybe give us some examples or, or better illustrate in terms of uh, how do we tap into these trends, right? If you're a business owner or you're an agency, um, what should you be doing to, I guess, leverage these trends in 2024? So I think, for example, uh, for communications professionals, we need to uh, align ourselves more towards, you know, uh, the business of the organization, right? So, for example, uh, we when we talk about communication, if we rely fully on just generative AI, in a way, it's very robotic. 
Mm-hmm. We need to be able to humanize it so that our narratives become more human, right? So we got to talk about things that is relevant. You know, that's why we say that, you know, that purpose-driven communication is, is very important. So that requires, for example, communication professionals to value add to the process. We don't communicate messages without understanding our stakeholders. That means efforts need to be put in place to understand our stakeholders. That means having meaningful conversations. Uh, maybe a lot more research needs to be put in before we actually have any engagement with stakeholders. Uh, research becomes part and parcel of that. Um, conversations that is continuous, right? So, so these are the things that I think would be very important uh, for, for companies or corporations or brands mm. uh, moving forward. Networking, that, you know, the human relationship doesn't change. I think many of us forget uh, the fundamentals of public relations or, or communication. It's actually about human relationships. So we have to continue to invest in building human relationships. Now, I think, don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that we have to go and be face-to-face. <laughs> the new generation don't communicate uh, face-to-face as much as we do. I mean, if we look at our teenagers and all that, they build relationships, but it's digitally, you yeah. know, messaging and, and, and things like that. So it's, 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 it's really up to what target audience you're talking to or who are trying to engage. Some will require digital platforms, some actually face-to-face conversations. So it's really about understanding our stakeholders and then customise and, and cater to that stakeholder in, in, in whatever form and shape. What I would see how we can be better moving forward is how do we blend all these strategies better together and look at even, for example, in the media space, how do we look at blending our paid, earn, own and social assets better? And that would be something that's going to uh, be very, very different. Maybe on the SME level, you know, just for, 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 for most of your listeners who, who may be also SME business owners and all that, I think one area that they should also take note is on the sustainability and ESG. If you're, if you're particularly keen to you know, export your products and services, it is very important that you start the action right now in terms of sustainability and ESG because it's going to come when regulations come in place for a lot of your part of the value chain of global companies. Um, you have to start that uh, right now. I think many of our SME, SME players would now get even you know, forms to fill when they supply and all that. Mm-hmm. And then do, those questions are already being asked. So maybe that communication needs to start now. Um, Andy, you, you said paid, owned, earned uh, marketing or media, sorry. Mm. Um, for those who are more familiar with this, SME business owners who uh, maybe look at it as all one big media uh, jargon or just one marketing, uh, everything is marketing. Uh, break down what you mean by paid, own and earned. Right. Of course, now it's very hard to, in the past, it's very easy to yeah. differentiate <laughs> what's paid, what's owned, what's earned and, and, and so forth. I think now it's a little bit harder when there's a lot of uh, overlap because there's the blending. But, you know, essentially paid media is basically you pay for it. You know, it could be advertorial, advertisement, and now even, you know, partnerships and, and so forth. Uh, Earn media is something that's very editorial based. Uh, of course, now it's harder to differentiate between paid and earn, but there are still opportunities for earn media where, for example, we develop very interesting stories, you know, uh, that, that sometimes you could get some earn spaced. Uh, of course, own media is where a lot of SMEs uh, should not forget how important it is. Basically, you, the, new sh- the new interface with clients is no longer your shop or your office. Mm-hmm. It's actually your website, for example, or your social media assets. And, and I think that's very important for SME owners to realize that your brand is your website, for example, because people will check you out. 
And if they go, you have a very poorly built website, it really reflects the reputation and brand. So I would say that's very important as well. But you've also got to invest in, in building content, for example. I think for, for a lot of uh, business owners, uh, we can really see... Uh, for example, LinkedIn is doing very well in terms of B2B yeah. communications. We see that in 2023, and I don't think that's going to change in 2024. You know, there's a lot of opportunities, you know, where if we put in real good content on LinkedIn, there will be readers, but there will be people who want to know more about your industry. And that's really a great opportunity to engage stakeholders. And it helps that organic reach on LinkedIn is still quite powerful. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of the early days of Facebook. and Actually, the early days of any social media platform, right? When they mm. wanted you to use it and before they made you pay for all this kind of uh, exposure. Um, before we go into a few messages, uh, Andy, talk to us a little bit about the anticipated shifts in terms of target audiences and consumer behaviours that businesses should be paying attention to in 2024 through their and how they should be addressing them through their PR strategies? So I think the days of mass communication is, is really over, mm. right? So I think it's it's how we really need to segment our stakeholders or and customers better and then really think about how do we um, target those stakeholders with the right communication strategy be and, and of course that looks at the channels, the type of content and so forth. Um, it's hard to actually expect to do you know, one activity and expect it to appeal to uh, many stakeholders. Now, case in point, you know, in, 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 in be before internet existed, it was really an easy job for government to actually send a message to the public. Put it on TV and radio and everybody gets it. Mm -hmm. Today, even government, to reach out to uh, the, the rakyat, they need to look at uh, multi-platforms, right? Be it on uh, pushed uh, media or even pool content. So likewise for business owners, we don't have the luxury of just because I put out an advertisement, everybody will look at it. There's really a lot more effort required to actually target the stakeholder and then to communicate uh, to that stakeholder in that particular channel that you know that stakeholder would uh, look at. So for example, if you're reaching out to teens, how many of them actually watch uh, free-to-air television? Mm. You have to go through pool content because they, you know, basically watch the TikToks, the 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 the, the, the reels, the the, the the video feeds. So so that's where, you know, you reach them, you know, or even work with content providers on YouTube and so forth, because that's where they, they get their content. So I think we really need to understand our stakeholders better. Uh, Andy, we're going into a few messages. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what else to expect in uh, 2024. Uh, what about the data privacy concerns? And also just how do you measure ROI in the longer term in this industry? Folks, you're listening to Resource Center. This is the show. This is your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. I'm speaking with Andy C. He's the president of public relations of the Public Relations Global Network and founder and managing director of Perspective Strategies. And we've been talking about, earlier we were talking about uh, 2023 in the PR landscape. And now we've been talking about what to look out for in 2024, which we will continue in a few minutes. I'm Roshan Kanison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. 
BFM 89.9. I'm Roshan Kanesan and you're now listening to Resource Centre, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics and tools to better build, scale and manage your business. We were reflecting on 2023 in the world of public relations and how to the, and the things that played out in 2023 and lessons to take from it. And uh, more recently, we've been talking about lessons to learn from 2024, at least what to watch out for this year. Earlier, we talked a little bit about uh, key trends and uh, the differences between paid, own and earned marketing and how that delineation is becoming increasingly blurry in today's uh, public relations media space. I've been having this conversation, of course, with NDC founder and, Man- founder and Managing Director of Perspective Strategies. He's also the president of the Public Relations Global Network. Um, Andy, I think a key thing to be watching out for, of course, in, when you're in the space is the ROIs and KPIs of that PR value, right? So the PR fraternity has been measuring KPIs and ROIs uh, based on PR value for the longest time. Um, what new metrics or KPI can we expect to become more important for measuring PR success in 2024? Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this? So um, the PR fraternity actually don't like to use PR value. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to educate and convince our colleagues, mm. you know, maybe in a corporate planning department or, or and so on, to move away from this. Uh, but of course, uh, there is no magic solution mm. to, to say that, uh, you know, um, there is one matrix and and, and then it it's solves all the measurement because uh, public relations and communications, it's, it's about relationships. It's like, how do you measure how much I love someone? You know, mm. it, it, it's, it's a relationship thing. So it's hard to have that. However, having said that, I think we are in a world, you know, with digitization, we actually have more ability to measure some of these things. Uh, I think in terms of, we need to look at it from many metrics. You know, uh, it's going to be across many metrics rather than one single metrics. So obviously, measurements require, require investment as well. So we need to put in place, you know, the ability to track some of this. So for example, in just in case, in, instead of just trying to get uh, how many people? How many people comes to our website? So then, obviously, you need to put in measurements like uh, engagement. You know, mm. uh, then there is also more uh, detailed research that we can do. For example, you know, even having uh, detailed research or focus groups, even surveys uh, to look at how we measure. You know, the change in perceptions, for example, from stakeholders. So it's 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 about how do we measure reputation? How do we measure? Brand building. So that takes time, right? How do we measure a company comes out of a crisis, for example? Mm. These are not easy to measure, but obviously if we invest enough and over time, we can see that difference that come into play. So what I'm saying is that uh, maybe for smaller brands and smaller companies, it will be harder to have the very extensive you know, measurement uh, for, for communications as KPI. Maybe you should set smaller KPIs. But just like I mentioned earlier, uh, Roshan, in terms of having that uh, uh, engagement with stakeholders, if we are targeting our stakeholders, obviously it's easier for us to measure uh, how we've been more successful in engaging a particular stakeholder in terms of what we're doing to engage them, have the relationship been better with them, are we able to uh, communicate our messages to them, do they understand what we are talking about? So these are things that can be put in place and, and also be measured more, much more better. So PR value, obviously, is not something the PR fraternity wants to do. And it's really, I, I would say, it's a dinosaur form of measurement. But there are a lot more matrix, but 
there will then be a lot more requirement to invest in those measurement tools. There's a cost of that measurement, essentially, yeah. right? So what in that in that sense, then, what are the low-hanging fruit for um, not just SMEs, but even like we talk to a lot of uh, startup founders who are fast-growing businesses, um, and they obviously, as they grow faster, need to also communicate effectively. But they, in this day and age where, you know, the cost of funding and capital is much more expensive and they have to think about the bottom line. It's no longer just grow at all costs. What are some of the low-hanging fruit, the most effective ways to be calculating that ROI if you are looking for the at least the low-hanging fruit? So I think we need to start with baby steps. Mm. I mean, for example, you talk about startups and all that. I think we need, we need to look at uh, even, for example, if we are doing a um, um, direct engagement with stakeholders. So we need to invest in, for example, uh, before we engage them, what were their perceptions and so forth. And if we have communicated with these stakeholders on a continuous basis, you know, maybe six months, 12 months down the road, you know, to have that conversation again with them. And from there, we can actually see a shift in perception, yes or no. If not, what are the areas of weaknesses? How do we improve on that? I mean, these are very easy things that we can do. We don't need sophisticated mm. uh, investment tools. I think these are all very basic, but it's just that if we don't do it, we will never be able to track Right. So I think this is where uh, communications professionals working along with top management need to uh, work hand in hand to ensure that these things take place. Obviously, the digital platforms are easier to measure because there are many digital engagement tools, measurement tools available now yeah. you know, that you can purchase or even use um, on pay-per-use basis. But I think we should also not forget the fundamentals of you know uh, some of these direct stakeholder engagements, I think that's where we we need to understand uh, better and and actually put in the effort to start with a benchmark and then how do we grow from there. So yeah. I don't think there's a one stop solution for mm -hmm. all these things, but it's actually basically looking at uh, how our business strategy is and what kind of communication we need to send, uh, and then look at the messages whether people understand what then what's our narrative. Uh, and that's very important for us to do that continuous measurement. Mm. So uh, in a way, like a sentiment survey, for example, yeah. or, or other qualitative measures. Mm. Um, Andy, to wrap up our conversation today, let's talk a little bit about predictions for the budgeting and in, uh, budgeting environment and investment in PR. How should businesses be planning their budgeting and resource allocation for PR activities in 2024? I see three, a couple of trends. I think one is, I think budgets will continue to be tight uh, in 2024. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, And... Therefore, it's very important that we deliver programs that actually have uh, that generate meaningful results, right? So I think that's that's going to be very important. Um, and how we effectively use that budget is to see how we can blend the media space that we talk about. You know, the, how do we use our media assets better? The own, earn, paid uh, media. How can we blend it better so that we maximize our? So, for example, if we are paying for a certain usage of media. We need to think about how can we also integrate it with our earned space? How do we integrate it with our own social assets? By blending it together better, we are able to you know, manage more costs more effectively rather than do it on a standalone basis. So basically, we're milking more from what we're investing. So that, that would be something that I can see a, a key trend moving forward, which has been happening for the last many years. And it will be even more as we move forward. For example, uh, we talk about costs 
in terms of uh, billings and so forth about generative AI. I think AI will play a more important role in 2024. And that's where we'll see, you know, costs should come down technically from a man-hour investment basis. So that's where we also need to see how uh, we are able to deliver more value, mm. right? If we're spending less time doing mundane work, which is really done by AI, then how do we up the game in terms of value to, to the work that we do? Right. So instead of just writing a speech that has no meaning, we need to think about how do we add value? What kind of narratives that we want to send in, in, in a particular uh, message that we send to our stakeholders? So this is where I think value generating is very important in, in moving forward. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Folks, I was speaking with Andy C. He's the founder and managing director of Prospective Strategies as well as the president of the Public Relations Global Network. And this has been Resource Centre, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics and tools to better build, scale and manage your business. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Just look up for Resource Centre. And if you found this helpful, Uh, Share it with your uh, friends and family or people in the space who you think might find value from it. I'm Roshan Kinison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.